0: Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online, so you can access it from anywhere in the world. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 30,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whenever it's convenient for you. If your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist with no additional cost. With BetterHelp, you, got, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from an office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, more scheduling flexibility, and at a more affordable price. Get 10% of your first month at betterhelp.com slash how to survive society. That's better H E L P dot slash how to survive society. Hello survivors. This is your girl Abby Ayola Williams and you're now listening to how to survive society. How to survive society Is a weekly podcast that features survivors. These are people that have been through the ringers in life. They've been through hell and back, but they choose to stay positive. They choose to win. They choose to thrive and they choose to survive. So let's get right into it. Hello survivors, this is your girl Abby Ayola Williams and I just want to say thank you for tuning in to another episode of How to Survive Society. Today we have a very special guest, her name is Ariette Barnsley. so she's going to talk to us about how she survives society, like literally, so let's get started. Ariette, <laughs> please introduce yourself.
1: So, hi, I'm Harriet Barnsley. I'm 29 years old and I live in Birmingham in England, the UK.
0: Perfect. So, you said that, well, not you said, it happened to you, that you were in an accident where an RTC hit you when you were 21 years old and that also killed your best friend. So, can you explain that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So, it was. May 31st 2014 I was 21 years old and I had completed my degree in philosophy the day before came back home to Birmingham met my oldest friend Rebecca um I don't remember it so I I woke up a month later from a coma to kind of learn what had happened and I eventually learned that we had been hit by a car that was traveling 101 miles an hour on a 40 mile an hour road um thrown 50 meters into the park that was next to the bus stop, and Becky had died instantly, and I got thrown into a coma. And then I woke up to learn that Becky had died, that and that I had a lot of breaks, a serious brain injury, would require a wheelchair for life and crutches. Um yeah.
0: Oh my goodness. So when you woke up from the coma, like was any family members um were they aware of what you went through? Were you living with family at that time or like I was living you... go ahead.
1: Sorry, I was living at university and my family were on holiday at the time. So they got a phone call in the middle of the night asking the from the police saying they need to, to come back to Birmingham as soon as possible because I was in critical care and may die. Um, so they drove home. Uh, when I woke up from a coma, kind of, I didn't think it was real at first. I couldn't remember how old I was. I didn't know what I was doing in life. I just, it was just I woke up from this blank, into this blank space. <laughs> Um, and eventually saw my mom sitting next to me and then trusted that because she was there, I was like, well, I know I'm into, I'm into a safe fan, so I'll just let whatever's happening happen until like, I can have the energy to eat. I couldn't like I was lying in a bed unable to move or talk or look or see anything. so it was a just a very very surreal
0: i I can I can imagine like waking up and not knowing where you are or what happened or having any memory. So have any of those memories come back to you yet as to so, what happened that day?
1: No, I spoke to a, a neuropsychologist the other day at a doctor's appointment. And he said that the brain does a thing that when you've experienced that sort of trauma, that you it will just refuse to let you remember it. Like, I can't remember the exact wording of it, but I was quite reassured. It's been eight years and I'm quite reassured to learn that I'll never have that, that memory crop back up like it's a complete blank slate. But I I pieced together what happened. But um, yeah,
0: mm-hmm. wow. So when you had to relearn everything, which is like talking, walking, mm-hmm. just thinking, like how was that process for you?
1: It was very very slow it took months for me to be able to do anything it took months to be able to bend my fingers let alone sit up let alone stand up let alone walk um but the brain injury so I suffered from a traumatic brain injury it was called a subratnoid hemorrhage brain bleed because my brain shook about in my skull as I got thrown into the park which caused lots of bleeds, caused lots of bleeding and bruising which then I have chronic fatigue from that forever. It's um, So I just didn't have the energy to, to really understand what was happening at all. Like it was a very, just a very, very slow process of trying to heal from that. Sorry, what was wow. the question?
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that was, yeah, that was the question of yeah. like how like you went through learning everything from scratch pretty much. Completely. So said, yeah, it took you about a month to even learn how to fold your fingers. Judge, I can give
1: you a, I can give you a sample from a timeline if you want, and just just to put it in perspective because it's quite, it was quite. Scary. I posted my recovery online, but it's a very slow, gradual thing. Sorry, want this deers here. Okay, okay so hit on the thirty first of May, two thousand fourteen. Um, my first movement was the ninth of July, so that was six weeks later, where I moved my finger. I sat on the end of, end of a bed on the, on the end of a bed, eleventh of July. I um, sat in a chair for the first time, thirty first of July. Like it was, you know, I, I lifted my leg up for the first time on twenty second of August. It's, uh I'm trying to find significant things I stood up for the first time on the 10th of September so that's how long it took me to even be able to stand at alone, take a step several months later
0: wow (laughs) I I applaud you honestly for for doing that and just even though you have to learn everything from scratch again that you didn't give up on yourself because a lot of people would have
1: you know they would have been like oh you know it's gratitude what? of what your body can do isn't it so when i woke up i didn't know what what had happened or where i was or how old i was but i remembered that i had a sister and my sister was born two years after me Three and a half months early, stone cold death, kidney failure, learning difficulties, she'll never be able to live independently. And so when I was lying there trying to be like, I don't know what on earth is going on, but I couldn't speak at this point, I was just, I thought of my sister and I thought, well, she'll never have an independent life that she wants, but I can, but I will be able to get to some state of normality. So that kind of like powered me forward to actually just try. I was like, it would be insulting to her not to try. And then I learned that my, my best friend has killed standing next to me and I was like, well, I can't waste surviving because they've got to live for both of us. And those two things kind of kept me going.
0: Well, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that you had like um, motivation to keep going, you know, because a lot of people, it's hard to find that motivation and hard to find the why as to why they even want to live life anymore after going through that kind of experience so I applaud you for that and then um, you <laughs> welcome you said you went to the mental health institute twice so did you go on Tell your you own free that. will or how did
1: so so and f- didn't really face what had happened to me like it's rather than like sitting down and letting me feel all, myself feel all the pain and acknowledge the whole horrific situation. I just carried on physically and did as many, like, I did lots of physiohydrotherapy, occupational therapy, psychotherapy. I did whatever I could to get stronger. And then after five years, I kind of got to a the stage where i was like well this my body is kind of all you know as good as it will ever really be again because i was really active before so exercise has always been really important and then at that point i started to suffer from mental health issues and developed psychosis in response to the brain injury and thought i was dead and thought mirage wasn't real thought i was living in hell thought i also had to get hit by a car and get killed again um and then got picked up by the police on the motorway one night and put into a jail cell while they looked for hospital beds for me and then I was forced to stay in a mental facility for a month and then a year later it happened again but from too much excitement rather than too much sadness and then I then le- learned after all this time that I developed an organic bipolar disorder from it Wow!
0: Well, so so I knew um when they said that you had bipolar um did they put you on medicine yes yeah,
1: Originally, I'd I'd been put on. I'd been struggling mentally a little bit for for a while like that. So in 2017, they put me on antidepressants. And it turns out if you have bipolar, you can't be put on antidepressants because it can make your symptoms a lot lot worse. Which we didn't know at the time because I hadn't. They hadn't worked it out. But when we did eventually realise that I was had psychosis or in psychosis and and st- had like a mood disorder they put me on an antipsychotic called catiopin that basically is the reason why I'm still alive like it just it keeps me sane it, it lets me sleep it just stops my brain from being it's the chemical imbalance it like we, it like manages everything and I, I'm just so so grateful that it exists
0: that's good, I'm glad that there's something out there that can help you know, so you said that you're a blogger. What do you blog about?
1: I started blogging after, in two years afterwards when i after I got hit by a car to kind of like let the world know what I was going through it was is a lot of people kind of saw my posts on Facebook and I posted what well, I posted well, I could stand I stood up today and well, I walked like a few steps the first time in in like three or four months and eventually people thought that i'd just got back to normal and and i'll never be able to get back to normal and you can't really you can't recover from what i've been through and and just have a normal body and life again um and it it just i didn't know how to process it all so and i also got frustrated that people didn't really or tried to treat me like they used to treat me before I got hit by car. Oh, I just so I just started writing it. And then it's called This Two Shall Pass. It's on WordPress. And then I had someone reach out shortly after I started it saying that like they'd seen what happened to me and they'd seen my recovery and that had helped them recover from their own mental massive mental struggle where they couldn't do anything and needed medication to just get out of the bedroom to the toilet they couldn't function and then they saw what I would gone through and how I'd progressed and cope with it and it gave them the courage to get better and made that help them move out and get a job and get their own house and it just that like and so I've had I, I just kept writing it because people take a lot of comfort from seeing other people cope with horrible things
0: that's true it, it does because when you share your story you don't know who else is going through that so when they hear something similar then they're able to have that courage and the hope that okay i'm not alone in this so it's very that's why it's very important to share your stories no matter how dark or how messed up it is because yeah, what- never who you might be helping
1: yeah, that's what you're doing with this podcast, isn't it? It just, even if it's not even the same story, p- people can relate to little bits of my story because it's the so many different elements to it. So many different problems I've had that I've had so many people just that, that can just latch onto one little thing and take a lot of comfort from how I've been able to cope with it. And they're like, Oh, maybe I can cope with what I'm going through too. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly how it
0: is. So do you ever plan on writing a book about your experience?
1: I'm in the middle of writing a book, a memoir. I mean, I've wrote I've wrote most of it. I'm going to call it thrown. Or it's going to go, yeah, because thrown into the park, but also my life was thrown off course. And I like the thing about pottery that it's called throwing pottery if you make something beautiful out of clay. Um, and yeah, I'm trying to get an agent at the moment, but I just want to be able to reach more people with the book and kind of just put it in a way that if you haven't been following our blog from the start it's quite hard to catch up on it. everything that's happened because it's been over such a long period of time so i want to be able to put it in a book for people to, to to learn from and feel inspired by
0: okay that sounds that sounds like a good deal <laughs> because it's always good to inspire people because you just never know when you're helping that's for sure um so let's say somebody is going through um, trauma right now or emotional stress what advice would you give that person to have hope
1: again? i mean the number one thing that i would say is just to, is just to keep going like want, when i've when i've had my like massive bipolar lows and thought i couldn't live anymore i didn't know how i'd cope with how i felt keeping going meant that eventually it lifted and changed and just the reassurance that it's it, it's always it, you should just always keep going but what's the question sorry What advice like people struggling and also like so I was 21 when I was here and everyone else had just finished university as well and they'd started to get their like real adult jobs and again okay houses and started to live their lives and I at the start I used to compare my life to how it should be according to my peers and comparison is the worst possible thing to do especially in any way but especially when you're struggling it just emphasizes all the things that you're struggling with and so it was when I eventually learned to just like focus on my own path and not worry that I, I wasn't where I should be in life and that and not compare my trauma to anyone else's because it's all very unique and very specific so i wasn't trying to compete with people that had been hit by cars and things like i just to do to follow your own path and it stay true to yourself because that'll that'll put you in good stead
0: yeah that's true um compare it Comparing your life to other people's lives is always not a good thing because you always feel like you're not doing enough compared to some people. And that's the problem
1: with social media, isn't it? Because especially if you're not feeling well a lot of the time, because when I don't feel well, a lot of the time I just sit at home and like, I have to try and stop myself, but you end up just scrolling on social media because it's very easy and it's very like makes you feel a little bit connected to the world but you just see other people doing all these things and so that's just really and it always ends up like making you feel worse
0: yeah that's true I I go through those times too when I'm on social media and I'm like oh we're the same age or I'm older than this person well how come I'm not there you know like (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) so yeah I do understand what you're saying (laughs) So um, before we go today, um, do you have
1: any last thing you would like to share with the listeners out there? I like the one one piece of advice I've, that, that I found that really comforting, especially when, when you're struggling with lots of things or whatever it is that's happened to you, is the saying, if you can't take it anymore, give, and just, just helping other people, just taking a little bit of a little bit of time out of your day to get out of your own head and just be there for other people because it make, it make can make you feel so much better and also help that person and make you remember that there are more, that you you can do other things rather than just struggle and just and that everyone is going through their own worst problems and and we we should just support each other. I think there should be more support in the world rather than there's so much isolation and disconnection and it just we should change
0: that. I, I totally agree with you on that. So when if someone wants to read your blog, how can they reach you to read your blog? Where can they
1: um, go to? Um, uh, Twitter, my name's Harriet Barnsley on Twitter. Uh, on, my blog's called This Two Shall Pass 464 WordPress. But you can type Harriet Barnsley into Google and find all of the links to all of my things.
0: Thank you. So is there anything else you'd like to share today before we go?
1: Um no. Yeah, I was just curious as to as to like where you are with this podcast. What have you got to plan? Like how's it going?
0: Yeah, it's it's going good so far. You know, like I said, it was um it was started in May. And um yeah, so far so good. No complaints. It's um it's getting downloads people are listening it's changed people's lives i get emails of people saying oh you know i can i kind of relate to so and so story blah 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 you know like stuff like that so it's it's been amazing definitely that's
1: be- yeah it's beautiful
0: yeah thank you for <laughs> what you're doing oh no thank you for people like you that you know that are willing to share their stories because without you guys there'll be no podcast. <laughs> so I really appreciate it. <laughs> so thank you so much, Ariette, for coming on. Um, yeah. And I'm going to stop recording now. Okay. Big, big thank you to our guest for, um, for today. And if you would like to learn more about today's topic, please go on howtosurvivesociety.com. There you can get um, some life skills courses and some merchandise and um, contact me if you would like to be a guest on the show. So thank you so much for tuning in and have yourself a lovely day. Within minutes of finishing your recording. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners and the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over a hundred thousand podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. Let's create something great together. So if you ever need help to start your own podcast, reach out to me. And then you know what you can do also? You know, you can follow the link in the show notes in the show notes that lets Buzzsprout know that. I sent you so you can get a $20 Amazon gift card when you sign up for a paid plan, and you can also support the show that way. So, yeah, so if you're looking to start your own podcast, reach out to me, follow the link under the notes show, and you'll be able to sign up and get a $20 Amazon card. Yeah.